people like threaten physical violence at gigs. I remember being, like doing a gig in Lurgan once, and this guy in the toilets grabbed me in the toilets. Seriously? Yeah. And I remember he still had his willie out, and his dick was massive. Right? <laughs> this guy span round, and I like. Was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I remember thinking, I hope he only punches me because if he hits me with that, it was like a baton. I was like, he'll, he'll break my job. He hit me with that dick. Here's the crack. 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 Welcome back. Talking shit. I'm drinking wine. Like and subscribe. Here's the crack. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the Here's the Crack podcast. Let's just get straight in. We've got a guest on, Mickey Bartlett. What's how's happening, motherfuckers? You know what I say? What's up, motherfuckers? That's my. That's Is my that name. your line? Yeah, what's up, motherfucker? Pretend <laughs> <laughs> to be gangster, but I'm just a cult chick. <laughs> Straight off the bus from where were we at last night? In the nerve uh, was center. In oh, where was it? Derry last night. Derry London. Derry center. Just in case. Yeah, mm. just in case. Anybody any... from the nineties? Yeah, Jeez. we've got um, their messages before. It's fine. So yeah, I've been on tour. All, well, on tour all weekend. I've done two gigs, and I'm exhausted. Really? Like, see, getting to bed past half eleven in your mid thirties. Can't do it. <laughs> no. Swear to God, man. Everything hurts. It hurts to blink. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I had one of those dreams. You ever one of those dreams where you think you're going to piss yourself? Yes. Oh, like, yeah. you're peeing and you dream. And I woke up and I immediately checked my pants. I was like, did I pee in real life? <laughs> and I spent that long pay, like, checking my pants to see if I peed in real life. Then I thought, I forgot to piss. That happened to me one time. I had a dream one night. And I was dreaming that I was in a urinal. Or at a urinal. In a urinal? Well. <laughs> you know, the wee fucking cubicle, sorry. Uh. Pissing away in the dream, and then the next thing you know, it just sort of went from that dream to reality. And I looked down and fucking pissed myself. No. But I was 10, like it wasn't recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, 10 days ago. Do you can yeah. remember it though? Yeah. But you were definitely like, not 10. Yeah. If I ever have a dream where I think I'm taking a shit, I'll panic. Next <laughs> <laughs> like, time I go to the doctor, my prostate's falling down. <laughs> I, I, I actually started doing this thing recently where I'll like chug like two pints of water before I go to bed and like. I must admit, I'm up like three, four times a night. Like, but the yeah. other night, I genuinely thought I was like asleep. But my ma goes to me, "What were you doing up?" She it must have been at quarter to one or something, and she was up like doing something from like switching off the washing machine or something. She was like, "You were in the bathroom for a really long time," and I was like, "Was I?" And she was like, "Yeah, you were in the bathroom for like half an hour." And I was like, "I cannot even remember." Like, I got up the pee during the night, and yeah. I think, did I dream that or did I actually just fall asleep? Just in the bathroom fall asleep in the bathroom. I don't. I don't know. Like, I, I never know. You sleepwalk. Yeah, you do. I've slept a few times. Like, I, I used to like do it when I was quite young. Like, whenever I was like four or wee bit younger than that it was like going from the cot stage to like you know when your parents lift out the cot and it suddenly becomes like the big boy bed who's 13 yeah uh, <laughs> I, my mom 13, used to tell, I used to climb out of the cot so they had like my what was the big boy bed that I was going to be going into and then they had the cot and I used to climb up the side and like fall down onto the big boy bed and like roll up and onto yeah. the floor and then like start walking around the house but like I had no and if I have a, ever have a kid who sleepwalks I'll just it'll be exorcism time yeah. like, I, I'm like you're haunted get yeah. the fuck out of here the, the power of Christ compels you like I remember my, my sister sleptwalked once when we were kids and I remember it was my bedroom door was like I, I kept it open because I'm afraid of the dark I'm not ashamed to admit that um, but I so I had my door open and my sister went to the top of the stairs with like a, with a doll and just started like poking on it and I was like what are you doing and she went we have to eat this and I was like, what? And she was like, why do you think mom bought it? And I'm like, she's fucking haunted. Mom! <laughs> the devil's in her! I, told, I fucking told you not to have a second one. I was perfect, spoiled rotten. Now this bitch is running about here. Her head's going to spin around, she's going to bulk up pea soup. It's your own fault. That's what you get. <laughs> but like, we were, it was New Year actually. Um, we were doing New Year and uh, my girlfriend, she's like, her ones have like an apartment down in Port Rush. And we were staying and they, them lot were coming up to like celebrate the whole New Year thing. And the night before we had stayed down, and apparently at like three o'clock, she was telling you this, like apparently at three o'clock in the morning, I just woke up and I looked at her and I was like, are they here? And she was like, who? And I was like, Gareth. And she was like, who's Gareth? And I was like, how long I'll go check. And apparently I got up, went like done like a tour of the apartment and came back to bed. She was like, what's happening? And I was like, oh, they're just down there sleeping on the floor. And fell back asleep again, and for like the rest of the night, she was saying, yeah, "Couldn't like, do it. I'd be wide awake the whole night." <laughs> sleeping on <laughs> yeah. my floor, like I don't know. I know a few Garas, but on the side, yeah, <laughs> I just don't know. Um, but oh, no, that that shit terrifies me. I don't know why. I ever listened to a podcast, um, to BBC podcast called Uncanny, and it's just people telling ghost stories. But there was one from like it was like the, the sort of original halls of residence for queens. Like, uh, I don't know, was it Alan Burke Hall or something weird like that? 
Um, but one, but like just one specific room, people kept having these weird, like yeah. there was a man at the end of the bed and all these. I'm listening to it like, oh, yeah, okay, right, fair enough, all right. <laughs> you know, it was the eighties, probably a lot of acid. So I, I got home and didn't realize I was terrified. And I'd left the mop out and forgot. <laughs> and I was like, fucking burn the house down. That's it. Like, it's in here. Do you, We're done. Do you like believe in ghosts? No, absolutely not. No. But I'm still, like, I'm just but afraid of stuff. Scared, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just a chicken. You've never like, had a part. believe them or you don't want to believe in them. It's just that I don't know what I would do if one jumped out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, if a ghost walked in, I, I wouldn't be all, well, what happened You've to never you? had an experience like that, a paranormal experience? Then? No. The, the closest I've had, I remember me and Shane Todd were driving back in Galway once, and I was like, I was doing the whole, mate, you drive a bit and then I'll drive a bit and I yeah. promise I won't fall asleep and then immediately fell asleep and Shane was pulling over to go for a piss and I must have been like halfway through dreaming and waking <laughs> up and I was convinced I saw like a hitchhiker like walking along the hard shoulder I was like, Shane, Shane! And he's like, what? I was going for a piss. Um, that's a cl- But that was just me. I was out after a three-day drinking binge where I was clearly hallucinating. Yeah. Um, so I've never like... I know, like, there's new times. I remember one time moving into a house, and you know when you're not used to the noises the house makes. Yeah. yeah. And the fridge, I swear to God, the fridge was going, Michael. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so, like, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> like Morgan uh, Freeman fridge. Michael, yeah. your milk. Uh, that chicken expired in 1874. <laughs> <laughs> I always find it like I don't, I don't believe in like ghosts and stuff, but like I've heard like there's a there was this one particular house going for sale and. Balmina, and I remember saying like that'd be a good wee house and my mate was like the woman died in that house and I was like no never yeah, mind wrong. yeah I would not move into a house where someone has died in yeah. or someone's been murdered in like if you ever like, I feel like that'd be a worse thing as a real estate agent to be like so the, the woman actually passed away peacefully in her sleep in her bedroom I'd be like I don't care how yeah. she passed away she will come back for me yeah like, there Surely was, that's happening in most houses I know but like yeah, it, would hap- it would happen in most houses but you probably wouldn't want to know about it I, there's a woman down the street from my mum and dad who died. Do you know whenever like you hear of an old person dying and you're like, I thought they were dead. Yeah. Eight years ago, like yeah. so this old lady like died and they put her, or I don't even think it was her kids. I don't think she had any kids, which makes it even more hauntier. Yeah. You're like, oh, she never even found love. That's yeah. definitely an evil woman. <laughs> but the um, her kids had put her the house up for sale, but all her stuff was still in it. <sighs> like. And I mean fucking shampoo. Like, I don't even mean just, like, what? the furniture. normal shampoo. And I was like, no, who's going to buy that? Yeah. Like, empty it and then be like, want to buy a house? Nothing happened here. <laughs> the worst thing if you walked in and someone was like, yeah, there's, like, a woman who's died in this house and she had all them, like, you know, them China, like, dolls and shit. Yeah. It'd be worse though I'd kind of want to know Because imagine buying a house And then six months later Like the neighbour Jumping across the wall Like oh well how's it going I Barbara was a good woman It's it sad to see her go so peacefully In her bedroom I'd be like The house is going up uh, for sale yeah. 100% Yeah I just couldn't She was a lot Apart from all that stuff With the dark arts <laughs> Had a lot of cats A lot of lizards and all. You'd hear weird noises The odd time But it was usually Just people speaking Scratching in tongues at the walls <laughs> Anyway if you need any sugar I'm just next door <laughs> You were you were obviously At the nerve centre Last night And you are doing Like you're You're playing Ulster Hall uh, Where is it at So the end I'm of doing The December? waterfront this year With a new show So this is the show That I'd done on the Ulster Hall Back in October Um with some wee added bits thrown in. So it's weird because it's the first time I've been doing those jokes in five months. Yeah. So I had the first show in Enniskillen on Friday night and I was just standing backstage going, I haven't a fucking clue what I'm going to say. Oh my like, God. Could, just couldn't remember anything. Um, but it's good to be back out of the house and back on the road and eating <laughs> fucking sandwiches at two in the morning because you forgot to have your tea. Is it not? Is it not pure done? And do you feel like you're back to like square one and not in terms of like how, like what you're like, events and stuff you're doing but like do you feel like you're back at square one in terms of like starting stand up again like in front of like a crowd again or does it no feel like not really to be honest it was kind of like I think we had done a couple of gigs whenever they relaxed the rules a wee bit like they had to eat out the help out and all that sort of stuff That w- the first thing we did was just put stand up gigs on yeah because it was the one kind of you couldn't have music and you couldn't have all these different types of live performance but nobody said you couldn't have stand up so I'm not sure if we could have stand up we were just like let's just do it and if the cops turn up we run. We were like, we didn't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so it's been good. That the, the weird thing was that going back into lockdown, I wish I hadn't gigged at that time because I missed it more. But yeah. going back out now, it just feels like um, it's just second nature. The only thing I'm noticing now is it feels a bit like people have gotten used to being back out, so now the crowds are harder again. Because initially when we were back doing gigs, everyone was so excited. Yeah. You could be like... You could say anything, and they're like, oh, yeah. "This isn't Zoom. This is great." And now they're like, "Hurry up to fuck Paddy Raff's on TV." Like, um, so it's been it's been great. It's just great to be back. It's great to be 
just you know making a wee bit of money to be honest yeah. <laughs> car needs fixed and you're you're i seen a video of you going around the the ringer a few months ago it was at that really weird stage where like places were open but not like allowed to be fun yeah it was yeah, like you're yeah. allowed to come in but the minute you have fun or stand up from your table you're out were you dancing across yeah so i'll tell this because the video doesn't really give you the full experience of what happened so me and my girlfriend went to belfast on a sunday i think like in august time and the whole plan was going to do a load of shopping and i was like you know like half an hour into the shop and i was like do you want to go for it i want to go for like a pint because I hate Zara yeah. and what it does to people. Um, so we went to the pub and then I was like, do you want to just have another pint before we get the train? And then I was like, fuck it, last train's at 11, it's going to pub, girl. So we ended up in a bar that I won't name for legal reasons, just in case, heart bar. And um, <laughs> it was like, they had so live music was back, so they had a musician behind like a screen, like he was on Blind Date or something. And every it was like they had one bouncer and God, it wasn't her fault, she was just doing her job. But God love her. Do you know when you see somebody doing a job that... Like, do you know when you see a traffic warden and you go, you fucking love this, yeah. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so we were all sitting, getting more and more pissed. And the guy, the music was class. And people were kind of dancing at their table a wee bit like that. And she just run over, no dancing. And you'd be like, I'm on my fucking seat. Like, I'm not. And at one point I caught her. A guy got up and was walking to the toilet. And she was nowhere near him. But as he walked to the toilet, he went like that. And she came straight, no dancing. <laughs> so it wasn't about safety. It was just about someone had told her, stop letting people dance. And she was like, I've seen Footloose. I know the crack. <laughs> so then there had a point where like everybody was pissed. And I was like dancing at my table. And then I sat down and some other guys stood up as she came to me. And it became like a whack-a-mole thing for this poor woman. Right? <laughs> and then I was drunk enough that I was like, the revolution starts tonight. <laughs> I'm fucking dancing. And then I got up and my girlfriend managed to get her phone out and record it. And it's me sort of dancing a bit. This woman comes up. And everyone's like facing the same direction being like, yeah. <laughs> Felt like a king of the world. And then the woman came over and was throwing me out. But went to throw me out the wrong door. Uh-huh. So I then danced to the right door and she shoved me in the back. <laughs> like she was kicking you out. Yeah, yeah. She was. I like, thought she was like getting you to go to your back to your table. No, I think to be honest, I think and I, I was really pissed at this point. So it is a wee bit hazy. There was a point where I think I remember going, "I'm starving," and she won't leave, like my girlfriend. So I was like, "I'm just going to get us kicked out." And I don't know the easiest Tied way to do it is to dance. I don't even have to glass anybody. I just have to like. I I'm just have to do it. Did you get the train or did you miss it? No, we got the train. Oh, I think. <laughs> Yeah, because it was still it was about half eight. Like it was still it wasn't even dark yet when that happened. Um, so I hadn't been back anywhere near it, just in case the bouncers remembered or anything, or they were <laughs> you big wanted poster. Yeah, and then I made a video whenever the bars all opened again, where I was like dancing to the to the heart bar. Yeah, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. your girl sees you coming and she's like, "Oh my god, here he comes again!" Right. I'm he's had a Jager bomb. <laughs> Fuck, he's gonna want to dance. <laughs> Which isn't a bad situation to be in as a partner. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, like some girls like he's gonna want to do something real filthy or something. He's gonna try and raid me. She's like, he just wants a wee boogie. <laughs> god love him. But it's like the simple things. How how was like lockdown for for like the likes of yourselves like who literally make a living on venues like people actually gathering? Yeah, absolutely. Shite. Like because we we went we went into lockdown technically a week before everybody else because the closed bars and theaters the week before lockdown officially came right. in. So I think. I was doing a podcast with Keezy and so 2020 was the first year that I'd had like everything set up like the whole year was booked it was going to Australia twice going to America doing all these different things and we started recording a podcast at 4 o'clock and at 5 o'clock everything got cancelled like I had my phone on airplane mode and by the end of the podcast I was like I fucking just lost about 30 grand um, so I wish about 4 <laughs> but, <laughs> 100 <laughs> um, but um yeah, so then it was just like, uh, I'd, like I did a couple of Zoom gigs, and they were oh, horrible. How's all even like? Wow, like Jesus all Christ, Christ. like fifty people in the Zoom call. Yeah, so it was like the first one I had done. I didn't even really know how to work. No one knew how to work Zoom, no. so like nobody knew you could like cycle through the gallery and pick who you wanted to look at and stuff like that. And there was this. I don't want to be rude, but a big, fat, fucking morbidly obese Scottish woman with no teeth, right? And she's sitting right beside the camera, and she forgot. She forgot to, her camera was on. And she was eating an Easter egg with no teeth in, right? <laughs> so I was like in my man dad's house, dressed it. from the waist up, like jet clothes <laughs> and then pajama bottoms, oh. kneeling down at the side of the bed with cushions, keeping my laptop up, just watching this woman going, just out oh chocolate slabbers God. and stuff. And I was like, I'm meant to be in fucking Australia now. Like, I'm supposed to be on an international tour and this big diabetic bitch is ruining my day. So like that was, they were horrible. Um, 
Do you like, even get like laughs though? Like, is there people that are in mics muted and stuff? Yeah, well, that's, that was like so fire and laughing emojis. Yeah, yeah, that was like laughing my ass off. That was funny. That one gig was weirdly good with the guy who'd set it up. Kind of knew what he was doing, so he'd set his garage up was like a comedy club. So he'd said to people, "Keep your mics on. It means you can, if you, you know, you can heckle a wee bit, and you could." He was doing a bit of crowd. We're like, oh, he was like, you know, oh, I see Gary's in the hot tub there. And like some guys like, fucking go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> um, so he had set it up that it could work, but it was just the idea of just sitting and like you maybe have twenty minutes worth of material on a on a piece of paper and you get through it in seven because so much of it depends on people laughing and clapping and joining and whatever else. You're just like, fuck this. So some of the weirder, like I did a car park one. Like where people are sitting in their cars, uh. and the mics wired through their radio, so they tune into a certain. But then there's a delay on it, so you're doing jokes. You can't hear anyone laughing. So <laughs> I think someone has said like, if you're enjoying the joke, beep your horn or flash your light so we know what's happening. Where were you at this point? Were you like standing in front of all? The you're in the state, like on a big massive stage. So it was down by the dock somewhere. I think they had it so I watched it from afar on the night before. Yeah. And then the last night was me, Sean Haggerty, and Diona Doherty, just like freezing. Yeah. <laughs> like. But you would go like, fuck with DUP, bunch of whackers. I was like, beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, I don't know if this is people going, we agree. Or if it's someone, someone being like, I'm going to start this engine. Yeah. It towards you. And then at one point, somebody's car like steamed up and he turned the engine on to, like, to demiss the windows. And I was like, if he drives out of this, I'm never getting over it. Like, imagine somebody oh, driving like out, out of a gig. Like, 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 like as fuck you ever. Uh, vehicle reversing. <laughs> <laughs> Brought the whole family down, fuck you. <laughs> So some of those were horrible, and then like so. At, at this point, I'm like any gig where you're in a room with people, yeah, is ten times better than anything that happened during lockdown. Yeah. And then on top of that, I, me trying to keep myself entertained, I pretended to go mental on social media. So I was shaving my head, and like I did this thing where I shaved half my beard off to pretend I had a mate, and then I shaved half my head to pretend to have a friend, and then I, like shaved one leg to pretend I had a girlfriend and uh, like and people were going I don't think Mickey's well and I was like no I'm fucking bored like I'm just I'm just trying to be funny exclusively on the internet yeah oh uh, in my ma's house and it's a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> like whatever come into your head that you were to say you know what I'm gonna do shave my leg uh, I was like I've been I've been probably just a hangover to be honest because like do you know what the start of the first lockdown and the weather was great everyone was just pissed the whole time yeah. Yeah, it was lovely so I was just in my bedroom at my mum and dad's house because basically for the last the two years prior to lockdown I'd been touring so much I just didn't need anywhere to live Yeah. so it was like staying at my mum and dad's and just like changing my clothes and leaving Yeah. so then to be in the house with them I was like this is f- fucking horrible yeah. just in my childhood bedroom like <laughs> I had to do something like, yeah, like the McQueen bed sheets and all. Yeah, well, honestly, God, pitch stains and all. Like, I knew I should have got up and had that dream. Um, so, yeah, I just started doing the stupidest shit of all time. I, I kept, when I think back, I did keep tucking my willy between my legs. <laughs> I've seen that, yeah. I kept, because I, I started getting really angry at TikTok. <laughs> like, I hate TikTokers, right? And I hate influencers. So I just started doing trends that they would do. Do you know those trends where it's like people are like fucking tapping the mic or tapping the camera and then all of a sudden they're dressed and they're going oh, out yeah, and yeah, I would do yeah. that but it would just be me bollock naked with my dick tucked between my legs. Uh, good times. <laughs> Your man are at the show. So what's Michael getting up yeah. to? Uh, it is weird being like running He's back at home there. It was weird running down to my dad and being like we didn't see this one. <laughs> my dad's like fuck's sake. You ever want to move out son? Not for at least a year. <laughs> like, did you stay in most of lockdown then, or were you like, out, like were you like going out like doing you know the way people done them like five k runs and all that there, nah, and just like going pointlessly like, to the shop? Yeah, I started like I started working out a wee bit, so I just I had a skipping rope and some dumbbells, so I just started. Nice. Like, I put on about a stone and a half in the last three months because I haven't been anywhere near a gym. For you, those of you looking at home, being like tits are bigger, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just started like doing workouts at the house. I hate running. I've got mm. flat feet, and they're both pointed at like ten and two. So like my feet are pointed like that. Yeah. All right. So I just I just don't like running. So I just like I'll just skip. You can stand here if you need to piss and go inside. Um, and you can skip and smoke. <laughs> That's a Do you know what I mean? It's handier. Like just gonna pop out. Do you want it? It's good are for the cardio. Do you know what I mean? Makes the body panic. Um, so yeah, I didn't really do any like any venturing around. Yeah. I think as well because there was a point where like because I do hate traveling. And even though I'm saying it's glad it's good to be back out, I, f- I fucking don't like it. Because I travel so much, I'm a black belt at getting through airports. Yeah, I don't mean in a terrorist kind of way, but like I can just <laughs> I can just navigate an airport easily. And when I'm surrounded by people who can't, 
Yeah. I'm like, fucking. Like, how do you not know you can't take a two liter bottle? Oh, yes, uh, take your shoes off. Like, oh, oh, oh my god. god. Hey, me mental. Like, belt as well. Yeah, the belt, dickhead. Like, we, we got put in the fucking queue behind the families. Oh, two families. Oh, man. Fucking someone from five fucking kids and on her own and pulling these fucking bottles out of bags and all and then falling. And then, like, you can't take. Security woman's like, you can't take those with you. She's like, well, how am I going to feed my child? Like, no. Like, do you not fucking know this shit? Like, I know. There was about <laughs> 27 trays went oh through that scanner right. and she was like, pram. F- I mean, she all had about seven of, children. All them out of everywhere. She must have like, cleared the baby uh, food out in the bag and she was <laughs> fucking under the armpits and fucking <laughs> She was like together. holding the baby like, like you know whenever you're like collecting your shop and you put like a two litre bottle underneath like, <laughs> like, <laughs> putting them in here and then she kept looking around at us and going out there and we're like well no wonder like right. you've got about half your kitchen cupboard with you somebody with a kid with my food I feel sorry for anybody travelling with a yeah. child because fair enough I'm like, you're a wee bit like right now how you want to feed a hungry baby on a plane without this stuff it's adults yeah like mm. hen parties and stag parties what do you mean I can't bring my machete <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that uh, drives me fucking insane. And everybody working in the airport's just like, I don't know, I just filled in an application, now I'm in charge. <laughs> like, and at times I've been stopped as well just by guys who are like, I seen you on General Bander, very funny. And I'm like, do you put me through all of that? Uh, just to tell me, you could have shouted here, you make me laugh. Uh, as opposed <laughs> to making me get fingered. <laughs> I fucking hate them so much, sorry. Oh, it's happening again. Oh no. Next right, breathe, make breathe. Next time you go through the airport, people are going to be like, aye. One you over. Yeah. Like I Frisky. hate going through an airport in the summer because in the winter you have a big coat, you can put all your stuff in the pocket. That's how you do it. It's dead easy. Just take everything, put it in your jacket pocket, yeah. take your jacket off, and everything's there. Wallet, keys, phone, everything. But in the summer when you don't need a jacket, I'm all fuck I have to do this one by one. Fill the trailer. Yeah. Drives me insane. Sorry. Oh I don't know. That's, uh, I know that's a weird thing to be angry about. <laughs> on a Sunday, you on those guys Lord's Day? Are you one of those <laughs> guys who shows up with the cargo pants with like fifty pockets and all <laughs> No, but I'll wear I'll wear just like a big a big pockety jacket. Do you know what I mean? A yeah. utility vest? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing a paler would wear. <laughs> Before you got into comedy, were you always that, that guy in school who was always like making jokes like class clown or? Yeah, I wasn't class clown. I wasn't necessarily a class clown. It was more like, oh fuck, if you're funny, nobody bullies you. So like yeah. dead quickly. Be like, like I was kind of, I'm quite self-deprecating. So if people went to make fun of me about whatever, I'd go, man, I've got four better ones. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, here, let's steal your haircut. Well, oh, no, fuck. Let's steal my shoes. Right. <laughs> like, you seen my fucking school bag? Um, and then I was kind of, but I was always, I always wanted to do stand up. Like, I was, I remember being. Like, when was that? When was the dream? When did you, like, have that goal that you wanted to get into it? Or? I think, well, uh, there's been a bunch of different ones. I remember being, like, 12 or 13, and we got, like, sex ed in school. And so we had double science, and I had lunch, and then double RE. And one of the guys in our class had smoked a joint because I went to a really rough school. So we had smoked a joint during lunch. And then the, the RE tape started and it was like like super Catholic. And one of the one of the like I don't know what you would call them on the tape, one of the fucking what would you I don't know, what would you what would you call somebody who's in an RE tape? Presenters? Uh, there we go. Presenter, yeah. One of the presenters just like yeah, one of the soon-to-be-accused. Um, <laughs> one of those former BBC workers. But they were both in the south of Ireland. And so the tape started. They were both, like, pretending to read a book. And the tape started, and the woman just went, Oh, hello, I didn't see you there. <laughs> and the guy who smoked the joint went, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking, I'm going to use this in my stand-up. So by then, like, thinking about doing stand-up was already a normal thought to me, if that makes any sense. It's the first time I remember thinking it. When but did I remember, you do your, your first show then? I suppose the first time I ever got like, I think I did this like the stupid awards at the school formal. Oh, you were the guy up and stuff. I was the guy doing like, yeah. the, like so. Whenever I was like after the, or before they'd done like bell of the ball and that sort of shit, they were like right, that get Mickey up, and I was like, <laughs> do you know like the catch up award because you'd go anything yeah. you like yeah. classic. But I remember one of my teachers being like, you should be a comedian, and I was like, thank fuck. Like I've been trying to tell people, I've been, like it felt like coming out. Yeah. I was like, I'm trying to tell people I want to be a comedian for years, and then um. I went to McGee to do drama just to legitimise it because I didn't know you could just walk into a bar go here can I get on next week Yeah, yeah. so I was like at least I would go and spend 40 grand and make my parents proud <laughs> when I go I want to be a comedian don't not panic um, so yeah I went there for three so I think my first proper gig I counted from 2008 so I did The Empire um, I did an open spot in The Empire and I thought if I do well I'll keep going but I dabbled a few times in uni so I remember, like, I think I did three gigs in my first year. 
and the third one died so fucking bad that I was like, I'm never going near that again. Yeah. Like, it was for a cabaret and like, and I went on after a girl who sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but like beautifully. <laughs> like everybody was like, just the fucking, I swear to God, that's lovely. And then I come up like, yeah, who's got a fucking floppy? <laughs> like, Pat Noodles, what's the deal, am I right? <laughs> like, and the MC for the cabaret night was going to do a Britney Spears like lip sync. And I was doing so bad. He had gone off and got changed in that red leather cat suit and a blonde wig. <laughs> and I was that he just came out and took the mic off me. Like and I and he just it wasn't even like he took it off and kept the show going. He just took it off me and stopped talking. And everybody was just staring at me and I was like, I understand. I remember like walking out, all I could hear is my own footsteps and like the odd oh, oh. And then like the door closed behind me and it was like bow now now and the whole place was mental and he was like, Oh baby, baby I just walked like set all my mates were out and I just sat in the flat by myself with like a bottle of Tesco vodka, like the fuck man. Um and then when I got the third year, everybody else I knew in my class like we need to knuckle down really hard, it's the final year and all that sort of stuff and I was like We've got one year left before we have to be adults. Yeah. So I'm going to double down and be even more of a pisshead. <laughs> and then I think I had a module at, at some point in that course that was like doing stand up. So I did stand up for that. And then I was like, fuck, happy days, let's go. Um, so yeah, because who was I talking to recently? Someone was like, what would you do if you weren't doing comedy? And I was like, I, fucking, I'd be dead. Like, I, I, yeah. I'd be in a call center yeah. just crying. <laughs> like, because I have no qualifications, I didn't have do you never done anything else. Like you've never well, have yeah, that's the thing. I worked in call centers. I worked in like I was worked in Subway for a while, and I worked in I worked in Next for a bit. Wow! But it was always like you in Next. Oh no, it was horrible. I was like I was skinnier and younger and had her, but I, I hated it. I was just the kind of do you know when you're working in a job and you're like I'm getting four pound an hour and you're asking me to treat this like it's my fucking career. Yeah. Um, I think the last job I had I was in the I got a job in the civil service for a year. And when it ran out, I just went, I'll just try and not get a job. I'll just try and live off stand-up. Um, and I only made money for the first time last year. <laughs> like, it was the first time I've ever had a tax bill. Right. Because I was just broke for 10 years. Well, um, well not broke. Do you know what I mean? I was lying to the tax man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, whatever, I've got a limp on the DLN. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's... Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just I, it's, I've just, I just felt very natural to me to become yeah. a comedian. Um, even, even now, like you were saying there, like last night, kind of felt like it went a wee bit like rough. Like, is there still times now where you get up on the stage and you're like, ah, oh, this is not happening? Tonight. Absolutely, like, yeah. There has to be. Like, I mean, I think anybody who does stand up and, go, and never dies on their ass, you're like, you're either stealing jokes or you're fucking mental. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're not in the same room because there's times mm-hmm. you can walk out, you can walk out on stage, and look at an audience, and go, they're going to hate me. Yeah, you know. And I tend to, I do a thing as well when I'm writing new materials. So I'm working on a new art at the minute. I'll, when the jokes are brand new, I'll go to the worst gigs possible. Like I'll go to really bad open mics. So I'll go really to sp- spoken word. Yeah. And you're like, if I can make depressed people laugh, or even smile, this joke's going to work in a comedy club or in a theater. Um, and I think it's always good just to like, just to remind yourself that you, yeah, because dying on your ass is part of it. Yeah. What's the creative process like for you? Like, how do you how do you think about it? I just walk around talking to myself for ages. Really? Like, I've I've done a thing now where I just because I've finally got my own apartment, so I've done a thing where I just leave a, a notebook and a pen on the kitchen table, and if I think of anything, because if I write a note on my phone, I don't remember it. I have to write it out yeah. by hand. Um, so I'll I'll just jump up and write it down. Like, it might be one sentence, and then if it's a really good one, I'll start thinking, okay, what what was that go? Does it link it with any other jokes that I've already got? Um. And then it's just the it's just getting on stage. So I kind of write as I go along. I have to, I have to get on stage and hear it like say it out loud yeah. and see what it feels like, and then add wee bits to it and take wee bits away. And so it's it takes fucking ages sometimes. But so if you think of something here on the spot, you're just going to jump up and run home to your kitchen, write it down in the notebook. <laughs> no, we're recording this. So I'll just be like, I'll just be like, lads, send me the audio. That was just like, uh, <laughs> just timestamp when I was hilarious. <laughs> so that'll be starting at zero and ending at six. <laughs> <laughs> But like, do you ever do you do you catch yourself on now, or if you're writing stuff, you kind because like now people get so ratty about like the simplest things. Do you catch yourself on, or do you just like, nah, this is if I find it funny, it's going in a show, or are you like, I can't really say that now. These woke motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, to be honest, that the woke thing isn't any like I've been doing this 14 years. It's it's always been there. Like, there's always the opportunity for people, for somebody to get offended. Yeah. I always think if some like anybody who I meet. 
in stand-up or whatever who go, you can't say anything anymore, very rarely have anything to say. Yeah. Mm. So for me, it's like people are smart enough to know that you're taking the piss. Yeah. And you're not really being offensive. Now, I've obviously, I've said things where I look back on it and go, no, that genuinely was just a... I was just fucking rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, you, I've, I've always thought about it because you don't, I don't want to go out and offend anybody. I don't yeah. want anyone to have a bad night. I want people to laugh. Yeah. yeah. But obviously there's certain things in the news where you have to go, all right, well, that's, this is a big enough topic to talk about. Yeah. So you just find a way of going. I've, I've tried to do this thing where I'll, I'll start with something that sounds like it's going to be offensive and then end it really silly. Yeah. Yeah. And like nine times out of 10, you'll find if, if it's about a certain group of people, you'll get someone from that group of people who comes up and goes, thank fuck someone's treating yeah. us normally. Yeah. Like I've had trans people come up and go, thank fuck someone's actually telling jokes about this. Yeah. Instead of either making fun of us. Because yeah. there's a difference between making fun of someone and joking about them, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I don't really worry about it. I think, you're. I mean, you'll always get someone who's like, I find that offensive. And you're yeah. like, well, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. Like, because I've, I've checked. I've checked with everybody and you're the only person who found it offensive. And by the way, if like it yeah, it's I remember it's I, there's always so there's always gonna be some people who just want to be sort of have people rally around them and go, You're right, he is a bastard. Yeah. Have you ever had any like gigs ruined by someone like that just being like Yeah, I could t- off the top do you wanna hear a fucking story? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody's heard the Straban story. <laughs> have you heard this before? Right. I don't think so. So right before the pandemic, I was doing a gig, it was a solo show in Straban. And I had two support acts. So Mark McCartney was on first, and then Ronan Boyle, mm-hmm. who's uh, like a new comedian, was around. So Mark was on, smashes it. Ronan goes on, smashes it. We have a 15 minute break. I go on, best show of the tour, like an absolute belter. And when I came off, somebody was like, Have you seen what's going on on Facebook? So what happened was Mark McCartney has a, had a line, and I, I don't want to. This is one of these things where I'm like, I have to, I feel like I have to take time to explain this so people don't. Fucking the wrong idea. Call it out if yeah. It goes well, that was not even that. So he basically has a he has a joke where um, he has this thing about an uncle. Have you, so have you ever seen McCartney stand up? No, no. So he does. He, it's like a stream of consciousness from a culty, right? Right. So oh dear, but it's fucking hilarious, yeah. right? And he has a joke. He's this thing about his uncle, who's a made up man, who was like quite a quite a handy man to have around the house, but also a dick, right? right okay. He's like, I remember the time he invented. Uh, hot tub out of a spar bag and a wheelie bin and he invented a sex doll out of a tub of butter and do all these different things and he's like if I could only get him out of the habit of getting drunk and Stella and punching autistic people he might be a good fellow to have about right now it's all made up and it's just nonsense right so this woman in the audience just fucking got up and left right so has a son with autism just got up fucking stormed out of the room Gets on Facebook and went, she's like, I went to the comedy show tonight and I was fucking disgusted. <laughs> Making fun of autistic people is not funny. It's a fucking disgrace. And I'm like, well, Mark didn't make fun of autistic people. Like that's, that joke's not about autistic people. Yeah, that yeah. joke's about a made-up imaginary arsehole. Yeah. So I'm like, and then under the comment, I'm reading the comments and it was like, was it this fat cunt? And it was a picture <laughs> of the tour poster. And then I started getting messages right, of people being like, remember one guy was like, you fucking making fun of disabled wains now, are you, you piece of shit? And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So it ended up like, I got a message then from a girl who'd been at the show in Derry the night before. Yeah. And she was like, I, I had a problem when you said it last night, but now that you've really, really offended a woman in Stravanath two nights, you should be fucking ashamed <laughs> yourself. And I was like, well, I didn't. Here's the crack. She left. And in her own like comment, I'm like, she left you in the first act. I was the third one on. Yeah. So how did she hear me say fucking anything? Yeah. Never mind making fun of, and I made fun of fucking everybody. But I was yeah. like I was like, how did she how did she hear anything? And this girl in Derry was like, Don't be fucking lying. I wasn't drunk last night. Straight away I'm like, Well you were, because if you're defending yourself for being steaming, yeah. you were clearly yeah. pissed. And then it went on and went on and went on. And then it, like to the point where the next day, even though the girl had been proven wrong, because I wrote underneath her post, like if you left during the first act, mm-hmm. you didn't see me. Yeah. So fact and that's an actual fact yeah. you get cctv footage to fucking prove it <laughs> and then there was a point where like the next day comments started coming on my facebook page mm-hmm. like my per- not even the comedians one the personal one um and i was like you're you're doubling down like you've been yeah. proven wrong so i'm texting mark and he's like shall i do it now and i was like give her two more posts and it was like fucking fat cunt and i'm like now and then Mark corrected her and then all of a sudden it was like stop slagging off my cousin i'm like who the fuck's your cousin what's happening here <laughs> Nobody apologized to me. Like, do you know what I mean? There was no, and I know there was a point where like people were threatening violence. There was, I talked to a guy about it recently and he was like, oh, you, that, we were talking about that in the bar that night. Like you were about to get your fuck kicked in. Yeah. Like, 
So that was what, and then, but it turns out my mate who worked in the theatre messaged me and he was like, man, she was off her face. Her mate left her, like her mate left her on the street, was like, I'm going back in because you're taking this, like, yeah, yeah. the context. My mate's autistic. Yeah. And I remember thinking, even a guy with autism knows you're a dickhead. <laughs> like, I also did tell, no, this is where I did tell a bad joke about her. I was like, I don't even think her kid's autistic. I don't think her kid's autistic. I think he's just fed up for her. <laughs> he's just ignoring her. <laughs> And then I feel bad, but then I'm like, well, no, you started it. <laughs> and he's like, you tried to ruin my fucking career. And like, so yeah, things like that happen. And I've, you know, it's just a wee long story, but it's just, it just, yeah, it happens. Have you ever just, been like proper where you'd like a zoning out? Have you ever said on her, like, this could proper fucking sink me here? Like? Not about like. Not about and, autistic kids? Yeah, yeah not, no, not in terms of like getting cancelled. Because like, I've had people. Like threaten physical violence at gigs. Yeah, I remember being, like doing a gig in Lurgan once, and this guy in the toilets grabbed me in the toilets. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember he still had his willy out, and his dick was massive. <laughs> right? So like it was like I don't know if anybody's been watching Pam and Tommy Lee. Have you seen that new no. show with Pam Anderson? It's oh, I've seen it. Fucking, it's seen fucking on class. People reacting to is it your boy Sebastian Stan or something? Yeah. Does he get so his? Tommy Lee. I don't. I don't think it's actually his willy, but Tommy Lee has a notoriously a massive penis. Yeah. Right. So there's a bit where like he's talking to it, and the penis is talking back. It's hilarious. <laughs> but this guy had it like span round, and I like. Was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I remember thinking, I hope he only punches me because if he hits me with that, it was like a baton. I was like, he'll, he'll break my jaw if he hit me with that dick. And he grabbed me by the jacket. And he was like, if you ever make fun of my niece again, I'll fucking kill you. And I went, who's your niece? And he goes, she's not here, but that's not the fucking point. And I was like, it is. Like, how did I make fun of her if she's not even fucking here? Like, what did I say? Like, I, I can't, like deal with hecklers through a crystal ball you yeah. big freak <laughs> like, how come your foot fell off that's not your leg like so there's been times like that it's happened I remember like I was doing a gig we oh fuck Sean Hegarty booked this gig years ago and it was during a karaoke afternoon during a world cup so three things where you go we shouldn't do this yeah. and I was supposed to bring him on I was supposed to do 10 minutes and bring him on excuse me and the guy that was doing the karaoke competition couldn't hear because there was a woman singing there was a woman singing through a hole in her throat, right? Do oh, those like voice box thing? So, yeah, so yeah. she's like crazy. I'm crazy for pain and so lonely. But it's really loud, and the guy's going, "What's the name, big man? I'll bring you on." And I'm like Mickey Bartlett. He's going, "Ha!" And I'm like fucking crazy. And I'm like Mickey Bartlett. He goes, "No problem, fella." She gets off, and he goes, "Right, girls, got a special treat for you now. Going to do a wee special thing for you. You're pleased welcome to the stage, Ricky Martin." And all these women thought they'd won a competition, right? They were all like, "Oh my god, he's here!" Right? I got up, did the usual, "Yeah, what's up, motherfuckers?" And a coin hit the wall, and I was like, <laughs> "I was supposed to do 10, 15 minutes to warm the crowd up." I just went, "Sean Haggerty," and Sean came on, and started getting stuck into them. In fact, I tell like Kieran Bartlett was on as well, so I I got up, was like Kieran Bartlett, Kieran got up and thought. I'll deal with him. Another coin. Sean Haggerty. <laughs> Me and Kieran are already in the car. And we're getting chased out of this bar by a bunch of middle-aged menopausal women oh during a karaoke competition. I remember one of them being like, don't give up your day job. And I went, get a day job. Like a badass. And I was like, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> so that's happened a few times. Uh, did a golf club one time where a guy was like, uh, died on my whole. Like, I died so bad in this golf club. Everybody at the gig went into the next room and opened do you know those partition walls you get in the hotels and stuff yeah. Yeah. opened it and so I could hear them talking about me <laughs> like oh. they weren't even heckling me they were just like he's fucking shit yeah. um, and a guy was going to hit me after that one as well and I didn't do anything offensive it was one of those things where for some reason with stand up if it's offensive that's one issue if it's shite people are fuming yeah. like I reckon you could get on stage and just say the n-word constantly and somebody would go no that was rude you shouldn't have done that but if you get up and try to be funny and it doesn't work they're like fucking kill yourself <laughs> like, I don't know why it's, it's just it's always been like that but go ahead you were saying before about like hey. about your boy having to stop like having to stop a gig get us right. stop a gig. does that happen often like where you have to like oh like he's off to get out here like guess yeah like I mean that's something that since a lot more people have started taking cocaine <laughs> comedians really? around the world have noticed it's getting a bit tougher um <laughs> Because that's the worst thing to do is go, do you want to take a gram of coke and then not talk for an hour? Do you know what I mean? It's a bad idea. Go dancing. Um, so you do, like, yeah, sometimes you do have to just stop the whole thing and be like, do you understand? We can all hear you. Yeah. Because, um, like, being heckled's fine because at least that person's paying attention. 
Oh, somebody yeah. just talking over it. You're like, the fuck are you doing? Why'd you come? Yeah. It's 20 quid a ticket. And you're ruining everybody's night. Yeah. So, and I'm kind of like, I've hit that point now where I have no problem just being like, do you want to just leave? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Edinburgh Fringe is another one where people turn up and they've never heard of you, so they just turn up to see what it is. Yeah. And there's a stag to you, and they're like, mate, after this, we're going to go get chips and we're going to go fucking, and you're like, boys, leave. Like, <laughs> trying to talk about my willy. Yeah. <laughs> trying to do art. <laughs> you've you like you've done you've done like TV shows and stuff like is that any like do you have to like, do you get pure warnings before you go on like here don't you you don't really get warnings what happens is you go to watch it six months later and none of your jokes are in it yeah. do you know what I mean they just edit it out really? um, yeah, yeah well it depends on like the show so like the likes of the blame game for BBC Northern Ireland that's recorded on a Wednesday and it goes out on a Friday night mm-hmm. so they don't have an awful lot of time to pick it apart yeah. um, but other shows I've done where it's like maybe six months later. You'll leave a studio being like, I was really funny there. That was yeah. fucking, that was great. And then you watch it on TV and you're like, this, this it's is shit. Here. Like, there's no jokes in it. Yeah. Um, and again, then that's when you go on Twitter and people are like, fucking kill yourself, Aye. you unfunny piece of shit. Like, Why was he in that show? But like, yeah. that's probably like advertising for you as well because you're like, if I'm absolutely killing it on this show, someone's going to watch and be like, who's that guy? But that's that's the problem go. I have sometimes with like, because I've, I've had it where like, I've been on a TV show, like Monumental was the last thing I was on regularly, and that's maybe 10 years ago. So I started touring off the back of that, and what happened was you would get people from BBC North, like a BBC Northern Ireland audience would turn up to see you, mm. and expecting to see BBC Northern Ireland type content, and I'm quite dirty, yeah. as you can probably guess by all the swearing and stuff. Um, so what I found was you would get people turning up who were like, "I, this is not what I wanted to see. Yeah. So I think that's one of the good things about podcasting, you know, I get an audience who know that you're going to be a wee bit close to the the bone and yeah yeah they're not going to be annoyed about it um because yeah that's always my biggest fear is doing like a tv show and people being like i love like tommy tiernan i remember there was a story that he somebody phoned the police on him in the ulster hall a couple of years ago because they loved dairy girls but didn't understand they were going to see fucking tommy tiernan so because he's, he's the dad they were like oh he's, he's great I've seen that wee show he's fantastic oh, I know see the character I hate but like Tommy Tiernan because he's so good at stand up when you're like talking to people and you're like okay oh, you know Tommy Tiernan and you're like no and then you have to be like do you know the way to the girls and they're like yeah, yeah. and you're like do you not realise he's like insane comedian for yeah. years like phenomenal like he's one of those like I've Tommy Tiernan's one of those comedians or it's not one of those comedians it's, he's just this is just true when you meet him off stage he looks like quite a small person mm-hmm. yeah like quite a slight timid guy and I swear to god I watched that man grow two feet before he walked on stage one night <laughs> like I swear like paranormal back to that like I honestly god it was like he went like, and I was like you're brilliant like, I love you. <laughs> like, you you're doing you said you were like meant to go to Australia and stuff like how how does that I suppose over in Australia you get a lot of like Irish people over there who've like yeah. flitted over there to work and stuff like is that the main sort of people who be coming or is that like with Australians so the, the way the workers why do this like the Sydney Comedy Festival do these roadshow tours so you basically go out and you gig all over Sydney you gig like all over New South Wales for about a month and then you do like a solo show at the end yeah um, so you get people who've seen you throughout the course of the month being like oh, I'll go watch them do an hour but then you also get yeah tons of people from here yeah that listen to the podcast or whatever else yeah because I think the last time I was out I was doing it once a year and the last time I went out, they made so much money on the bar during my solo show that the organizers were like, "Do you want to come back in April?" Yeah, <laughs> like because they just—I've never—I've never seen bar staff work so hard. Yeah, because especially like when people from Ireland go to Australia, yeah. it's they're just they're working like fuck and then drinking like mad. Yeah. Um, and you just see all these bar staffs in the comedy club being like, "You fucking Irish cancel have a pint, man." <laughs> um, so that yeah, you get a bit of that, but then you get like they'll bring their Australian mates and you'll get people you get people from all over the world coming to them. Um. Yeah. So you can't be walking about. You can't do the kind of like Arlene Foster. What a haircut! Yeah. <laughs> I Northern Ireland comedy. Like. Yeah, yeah. That's that pretty early. But like, like you started your own. Well, the podcast that you you do. I think we had said this. It's not like a conspiracy podcast. Just similar to sort of this, like sort of news and chatting. Yeah. So there's like, well, we do kind of. We actually do like almost three different podcasts now. So there's Deck Chair and Yums, which is me and Connor Keys kind of like it's just sitting around talking yeah. or whatever like talking shit and then we've got one where we just answer questions from people on Patreon and then there's the Just Rabbit Non one which was like that kind of became conspiracy based yeah. so at the start of the lockdown 
like first of all we're not conspiracy theorists that's one of the things that's, I'm definitely not <laughs> like yeah. that's been one of the things that's been happening over the last years people are like oh you fucking think the queen's a lizard and you're like no I just <laughs> I'm just not entirely sure that this is the best way to deal with COVID yeah. um, so but we ended up then just going like the way I describe it is Connor went down the rabbit holes and I held his feet yeah so I was like, "All oh, right, okay," but I'm not in it. Like I was just like, "Yeah, I done there, mate. You want more water?" Um, <laughs> Tearing on the edge. Yeah, so that, that's kind of been a weird one where we've got to, like, yeah, every Monday I have to go and listen to like and talk about fucking Conspir- politics. I fucking hate Cons- it. Consp- Is that a favorite conspiracy? The, uh, the fun, the funniest one I ever heard. I think it's hysterical, just because of the proof behind it, right? So the funniest podcast or funniest podcast, funniest conspiracy I ever heard was that um, Barack Obama's gay, right? And Michelle Obama's a dude. I've heard that. Oh, right? yeah, I've heard yeah. that. And they were, but, people were like taking screenshots of her dress and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but have you ever seen. Like, is that a picture? Yeah, there's we've a ever picture seen, of him and a, a man who looks really like Michelle Obama. Yeah, but then there's also the proof they use is there's a bit where Michelle Obama is like dancing with him. And there's a photo of him standing beside this bloke. And there's a circle around the elbows. And they're, they're like, it's the same elbow. And I'm like, <laughs> I have the same elbow as Michelle Obama. It's a fucking elbow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I tried to write a joke about it where it was like, if, you're, if you could be identified by your elbow, your passport would look different. <laughs> You'd be in boots, like, go on ahead. <laughs> like, um, Stop smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, like, that's the, the, the funniest one, I think. Some of them are mental. And then there's, like, there's stuff where, because I'm seeing, like, Joe Rogan getting pulled across the coals at the minute. And yeah. a bit of me is, like, there, there, I think there is some sort of truth in some things that were just, everything was called, anything that was a especially during COVID, anything that was against what the government were saying became a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. So I automatically became a tinfoil hat, Trump-supporting fucking anti-vaxxer. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm just saying I don't like being locked in the house. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Especially when they're not fucking doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's one of the, yeah, some of the things that have come out in the last year or so, you, a bit amazed, like, huh? Yeah. yeah. Anybody Espe- want to es- apologize to my high horse? Yeah, <laughs> especially now with the whole Boris thing with them throwing the parties and stuff and then it's like so many people got like fined for just I got fined yeah. I, I got fined I was doing a thing where I, cause again because it was mum and dad's house gigs had come back a wee bit and I started just going to a hotel once every couple of weeks to write jokes oh. so I would go nice. to this it was like a COVID safe hotel so you checked in on your phone used your phone to get into the room you didn't talk to anybody um, but I would go and like bring two bottles of wine and I'd write jokes for a couple of hours and then I'd like have a wee drink of wine and the cops came to the door and they were like are you supposed to be here and I was like well, I think so I mean I paid for it like and I, the, the, oh, now fair play of the cops they were just doing what they were told to do but they were like you know the hotel's reserved for like people who need it and I was like well what do you mean he's like well homeless people and da 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 and I was like no offence if a homeless guy had 98 quid to spend on this room tonight I reckon yeah. he's doing alright yeah. <laughs> and good days left yeah and so they were like so why are you, why are you here and it's like I'm a comedian and I honestly thought they would go you buy the blenders mate like I was like oh, no, nah nothing um, I was like I'm just what here do you, like, what do you call that What, what what's your name in the bar oh, my glitters. glitters yeah I know art uh, but the so the cops like they were like we're going to have to go well, well they just left at around 8 o'clock or something and they came back at midnight and by this stage I was pissed like purple teeth hammer drunk and wine drunk as well. yeah like proper like, like and uh they came back and like listen we've been talking to our sergeant or whatever and we, unfortunately we've deemed that your um the, your reason for being here isn't legit and they're like so you're gonna have to pack up your stuff and we're gonna find you 200 quid and you're gonna have to leave the hotel what and i was like but i was like so but i'm drunk now so i can't get home there's no trains and also if i have to leave this hotel that means i'm homeless and he was like, dispose, you know, so I qualify for staying here. And the cop went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I still paid the fine because I didn't want to get in trouble. But it was like, the, there were certain things like that that happened. Yeah. And then you're like, the Tories weren't even. Yeah. Like, and that, that's what that gets me is like, and I'll probably get sued now. But like when Robin Swan, the entire way through the pandemic to me, Robin Swan was going, the reason this is getting worse is because people are breaking the rules. Yeah. All these people having parties. And so we all turned on each other people were phoning cops and their neighbours yeah. and the whole time the government wasn't doing it and for me as someone who's looked into conspiracy theories when I hear people going can you believe they didn't abide by the rules I'm like absolutely yeah. what did you yeah. think they were doing oh no and then I doubled down and go if COVID was that bad they'd be in a bunker yeah because exactly. they don't give a fuck about us like do you know what I mean um, we were actually I think we had, the com- we had a conversation about that not too long ago when the whole like um when they were trying to like still impose restrictions on people but then the whole thing came out about them having like the parties and stuff I yeah. was like they're the people who know the facts like yeah. so like if they know the facts and they're still partying 
Well, even, uh, even way back at the start, I remember there was a woman. Which she, I, I can't remember what her official job title was, but she was like the chief medical officer for Scotland or the mm. whatever her job title was. And she went to her, her holiday home and got caught doing it in the sector. And again, that was the first that we were like, well, if she's literally looking in the fucking face of COVID, yeah, and is like, I'm just gonna go up to my holiday home and come back, yeah. And she would isolated and did all that sort of stuff. But even then, you're going, if she thought it was that bad, she wouldn't do that, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, not to say it's not bad, because again, it's so, it, I've just found it to be such a divisive topic. Yeah. If, if you try to go with it, it isn't that bad. People go, it's yeah. the worst disease in the world. You're like, it's not Ebola. Yeah. You know I mean? If it it's, was Ebola, I'd be like, fucking don't leave the house because you shit your eyeballs out. <laughs> but a couple of days in bed and you can't smell for a while. Let's, fuck it, let's go to the pub. I, I haven't smelled in six months after COVID, though. See, have you been bad with it? Yeah. I I was actually not too bad when I had it, but see, now everything smells the same to me. Oh, shit. Yeah, What's it smell so like? <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> oh my god, we're in the Matrix one. That's it. Was that, no, yeah, I've told you this before. No, I, you no, never I said, said it. I did. Like everything smells like chicken. Somebody <laughs> fart quick. I need to play a game here. I swear, everything. So I like never can sit too close to anybody because everything, like my own perfume, smells like chicken. What Fucking it's hell. actually very distressing sometimes because I think I smell like a chicken. This is a question. <laughs> so what does chicken smell like? Like just, chicken? I don't know. It's oh, one, like day, one day, one day. Oh yeah, what does chicken smell like? Yeah, that's a good point. One, one day, I was just, I just started to <laughs> smell really it. bad. I, like everything started smelling really bad to me, and um, I just thought it was like something in the air. So I kept telling everybody, like, can you use the shower more? Like, what is this? Right. And then <laughs> I realized, yeah, I was like, people needed to shower more, keep the hygiene up, you know. And then I realized it was my, it was my smell. That's crazy. Yeah. How do you know if you're gonna get it back? I don't know. I have to smell like. All these different smells. I do smell therapy. It's called prosmia. smell therapy. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I swear to God, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Because I had it there about maybe three weeks or a month ago, but I'm, I'm guessing I had the omicron because I had I had worse symptoms with a cold. Yeah. Than I well, had I with was COVID. Mine too, yeah. and then now I've just no smell. Now, one thing I said when I had it, I was like, I've never been so fucking exhausted in my, like, the fatigue level of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I kept thinking, when's this going to really kick in? Yeah. And a bit of me was like, I can't wait to lose my sense of smell or taste because I don't know what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> well, but now that I've heard that, I'm like, yeah, fuck that. You yeah. feel left out of the club. Like, <laughs> if you had one thing that you'd want everything to smell like, what would it be? Chicken and furnace. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I suppose you get sick of it after a while, didn't you? Yeah, it is disgusting. I think lavender's a solid one. I like Long. do you know what like linen so those like yeah. linen like diffusers you get for your living room yeah. I have no idea I have to shower like three times a day because I'm like I hope I smell nice because mm-hmm. I everything smells the same to me I thought there was so a bit of a smell so if I ever stink I was eating chicken under like <laughs> <laughs> I must be a nightmare. <laughs> Fucking hell. It actually is, yeah. Do you not just have a, a trusted circle of friends who you can go, listen, if I start to stink, let me know. No, I do. I, 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 I like, disclaimer, I think I've said to you before, if I smell, let me know. Uh, you just go up there and make us here, like, smell me. Smell <laughs> <laughs> With my ass, we say, what's that? What's that stinking? Wafting it up. Simply get that. I love the way you were like, and it was just telling people to shower more. Like. I, thought, I thought it was my boyfriend really smelled bad. I was like, you stink, like, shower more. Like, what the fuck? And then I realised it was. That happened, like, after COVID, like, not even it's when you had it. Or? That woman got like young woman, like eighteen to thirty. The doctor said like it's called prosmia, and like after a few months, your smell, your smell has to like try and recover itself and go back to normal. Because I lost my smell at the time just for a couple of days, and then it's like healing, so you lose all smell. And everything smells the same. That makes sense. I know like Connor's daughter. I think she she got COVID and her sense of smell took mm-hmm. ages for that to come back yeah. as well. Whereas he didn't lose it at all. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's yeah. your women are more prone to get it, so. Typical. Is there any like, is there any like pure, is there any pure mad ones that people have like messaged you like conspiracy theories that you're generally like I don't know if I need to call the police on this person. Not on the people. I just I just kind of go I I I know. Second year me. like sending your voice notes. I'm that was the thing. Like I remember we like we looked into the whole Q thing at one point, and I well again Connor was looking into it and I was hearing about it. Because I think we kind of hit a point in the podcast where I was like, this doesn't sound like much crack and we are both talking about it. Yeah. So I was like, let's... It was also because I'm lazy. I was like, what about we do a thing where I don't look into it as much and you tell me. Yeah. yeah. So I can be like, fuck off or yeah. bullshit, whatever. Um, But I've had... I've had yeah, I remember seeing like one guy, my dad went to like an anti... Not an anti-lockdown thing. He went to like a a march or a, like not a march. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what... I don't know what it was. Something in City Hall? It, it was, yeah, it was one of those, like, uh, but it was supposed to be in Botanic, and then it got moved to Corn Market, like a, prote- a protest. I don't know words today. <laughs> um, and he wasn't at it 
protesting. He was just like, I just want to fucking see what the crack is. Yeah. And I was going to the pub that day with my mates. So he was like, I'll go up. Gives me, like, be all, fuck me, here it is. And I meet you in the bar. And a guy came run. this dude came running along. Like, and he looked like a time traveler because he was dressed, like, from the Troubles. But he was in his 60s. Doing leather jacket flurs and wee runners. Like, I'm telling you, Hillary Clinton's dead. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> And I remember standing there thinking, I've read the same Twitter thread he's read. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I I don't think he, he doesn't know he's mental, God bless him. <laughs> like, My word. I couldn't imagine being, we were out there last weekend and there were the whole, the the protests and stuff going on outside City Hall. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I'd love to go up and just look to see because yeah. I've seen so many videos and stuff. Like, there was that one in the nurse saying she got the email about, like, that nurses were getting paid to, like, lie in beds or something. Like to pretend Shit, that it was a lot worse yeah. than what it actually was. I know there's like I've talked to a couple of doctors and nurses here. Like they're just like they're just like it's not that bad. But then I think the NHS is so overwhelmed anyway. Yeah. That yeah, maybe yeah. COVID wasn't like as big an issue as the papers are making out. But then I've talked to other people who work in the hospitals and they're like it's insane. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought it would have like ended with a bit more of like an oomph or something but it's kind of over now in England and yeah. there was no announcement I kind of thought it would be nice like well done there would have been like a yeah. parade and all that. well I think <laughs> yeah, I do think it's hit that thing where like they've just realised it's never gonna go away do you know what I mean like, it was really anticlimactic though I kind of thought oh. it would be like well done everybody for that I thing. felt the whole like the whole pandemic I thought the zombies were coming I was getting yeah, ready I was sharpening all my katanas <laughs> like getting ready to be the full walking dead and it was just nah none of it you were shaving your legs and your yeah, face. Yeah, I was shaving my legs and being like, Mom, what's for tea? <laughs> if I was in The Walking Dead, I'd be Daryl. <laughs> well, more being her. Motorbike and I'm a badass. <laughs> Shooting the arrows. <laughs> Can I stay up and watch TV with you? <laughs> it's quite... It's one of them things where when you say, like, you move back into your mom and dad the people not kind of go like i think it's a good thing you're just say it like then there's a genuine reason but there are people not just like why did you move back into your mom no the amount of people that i know that were like mate stay where you are no bills mm. fuck i'd love to be back in my man dad's house and yeah. i'm like move into my man dad's house then yeah because my mom was ocd and my dad's a borderline flat earther it's not good crap <laughs> <laughs> are you still there now no 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 i've got an apartment now oh, okay. um and like it's even i've never lived alone before so i lived with like an ex-girlfriend before and stuff like that i've lived with flatmates and living on my own is completely ch- i'm like looking at my girlfriend now like i'm never having children because this is bliss yeah like it's fucking classy like as soon as you leave i go like this <laughs> i just take my pants off and sit on the sofa like it's was, brilliant was there any periods where you're like with your mum and dad where you're just like i'm going to go insane yeah the, after the first week <laughs> like the first week was great we were like it's great to have a catch-up and then come day eight it was fight club rules like nobody was talking it was oh, just because my dad like but my, my dad's like me he's a bit of a piss head so we were like happy enough to sit in the garden and drink when the weather was yeah. good my mom doesn't like drinking so she's like you take fucking drinking again and then it just became these constant arguments and then because my mom was a wee bit ocd You'd, I'd be getting told off for stuff like a teenager and I'm like I'm a balding 33 year old man <laughs> yeah. like I have high cholesterol yeah. you're fucking telling me off for leaving a spoon on the sink she's <laughs> just like just go to your fucking room yeah I'm like I hate this house <laughs> nobody understands me put on Nirvana <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to listen to Eminem now and you can't do anything about it <laughs> like, by the way mum yes I have had sex okay <laughs> once <laughs> Then you're out like five days there. Can you wash the bed sheets for me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a sore head, mommy. Can I sleep beside you? I had a bad dream. <laughs> Morning, son. <laughs> um, I think we'll wrap that up there because I've got just gone an hour and that camera's about to absolutely die as usual. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having us. And, um, what, you're, anything you want to like plug at the minute? Like I know you're doing tr- tours and stuff. Yeah, if you just go to shine.net or my Instagram, it's got all the tour details and stuff on it. And come Here's a contentious thing I want to ask. Where's your favourite place in Northern Ireland to gig? <sighs> Shit. Um, this will be a divisive question. I mean, it's a question with many answers. Mm-hmm. Because the, at the Grand Opera House is the, the one time I go, that's probably one of the best gigs I've ever done. Yeah. But also the Ulster Hall. But then you've got like Daly's and Oma is just a classroom and you've got Lavery's in Belfast you've got the Brickworks in Derry so there's there's tons of, if they pick a favourite shit where have I got the most money from <laughs> Waterfront December this year <laughs> like uh. ching ching where's like the worst place to go like it's oh a, dear. Ever, that's, someone that comes up and you're like fuck 
I hate to say it, but Lurgan. Yeah. My own town, like. Well, you nearly got killed. Yeah, I've nearly, got, I've nearly got killed in Lurgan. There's been a few. There's been a few hurry moments in Lurgan, and <laughs> there's, there's been a few times where people like run a gig and then they have no idea how to run one. So I remember doing one once. I know we're wrapping up, but I did a gig in Lurgan once with it. We're charging people in, but then the bouncer was like, "Are you here for the comedy? Are you just here to have pints?" Yeah. And everybody just went, "Oh, just pints." But they were all there for the comedy. Yeah. Got so in free, then. yeah, so they get in for free. Oh, and then, like, the big girl's going, can I get a daiquiri? And you'd be trying to tell a joke, and there's a machine, just... <laughs> and then someone's like, I can go, you made fun of my niece, and I put your neck away. Um, so I, I have to admit, unfortunately, Lurgan has been... Now, I did some good ones in Lurgan at Christmas time, but over the years, they've been notoriously the worst ones. I feel like a few people have said Lurgan. I think I've heard a few comedians oh, man, say Yeah, but everybody's got a fucking story, like... Don Johnson, Lurgan as well. Yeah, that was the same. So, yeah. See, I yeah, thought, yeah. I genuinely thought it would be like Balamina because I've heard a lot of people. I went to that one that Geddes done and McCann done, and afterwards I listened to a podcast that he done. And he was saying like it just wasn't a, like it wasn't a good vibe. Like. There's there's definitely a problem we comedians from here have, and it's at doing council venues. Yeah, because everybody that's working there, they're all getting paid regardless. So that and why would they give a fuck about yeah what's happening? There's yeah. no security. So trying to ask people if if you do get ball bags turned up, you can't turn around to some volunteer and be like, just send it. Listen, can you just take a quick coffee your inhaler there and kick them four cokeheads out? Do you know what I mean? I know you're here because you have scoliosis, but you love reading. But if you could do me a favour and kick out big baldy UDM on it because he's hurting my feelings, you're gonna go no. <laughs> like so. Yeah, yeah, that's so. Like I remember one doing a council venue in Armagh one time, and, I, and I, a, an ex girlfriend of mine. Her aunt wrote, say happy birthday to insert name here on a sanitary tile, not a used one now, uh, <laughs> and just brought it up to the front of the stage. And I was like, what the fuck am I? Get the fuck out. Like, what, what? <laughs> so, and then I'm like, just said that. We've got another one. We're in a wee minute, Mick. Two, two minutes. He's just having him. a bit of trouble getting my jacket off. <laughs> We'll wrap that there. We'll wrap that up there. Um, yeah, head, what your podcast, Deck Chair and Yums? Deck Chair and Yums, yeah. At what other, what, you do three? Holy moly. Yeah, so there's Deck Chair and Yums, then on our, if you just go to our Patreon, pay a fiver, you get to hear the conspiracy theories. There stuff. you go. So. Five pound entry. Right. right, thank you very much for coming on. Cheers, thanks for having me.